Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you get bullied for years and years in school, is it only a matter of time before you get your crazy revenge? We'll get to that in a bit, but first, tailgating revenge. This happened last week. I'm in the far left lane on the auto route, interstate, because I'm passing a semi. Out of nowhere, a large Audi SUV crawls right up the rear of my car and starts flashing their high beams at me. This normally makes me slow down a little. I can't be too much of a jerk because I'm in a lettered company vehicle with our office phone number in it. I do a quick scan of my dash and see on my navigation app that there's a report of police just up ahead in a construction zone. It's not an active zone as the work is done, but the lower speed limit is still there. Fines and probably demerit points are doubled in construction zones here, so I pass the truck and signal that I'm changing lanes, but I take a few extra seconds to get out of their way. As they pass, I mouth, slow down, and do the hand-lowering thing, but I'm pretty sure they're going to ignore me. They do and also flip me the bird. Oh well, I tried. They roar by, probably going about 30 to 40 kilometers an hour over the 90 kilometer per hour, 55 mile per hour, construction zone speed limit. I have a smug grin as the police officer lights up the Audi. Would you say that you're susceptible to having your own angry flare-ups while driving? Let me know in the comments. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy satisfying stories of revenge, why not hit that subscribe button down below as well? That said, our next story is Buyer Beware. I was reminded of the time I bought a dryer out of the bargain finder. That was an old newspaper type relic from before the internet's secondhand seller sites. My dryer was screwed, I was a poor 20 something, and the dryer for sale was cheap, and it works great. Just a few neighborhoods over, my friend and I went to pick it up, but it was in the garage so no 220 to plug it in to verify that it actually worked. The jerk selling it swore up and down that it worked great. So I bought it, took that darn thing home and hauled it to the basement and threw the wet clothes from the old dryer in there and then cracked a beer. End of the beer, I checked on the laundry and while the thing was running, there was no heat. It was basically a hamster wheel for clothes. So I called the guy back and asked him if he knew that the heater part of the dryer didn't work and he simply replied, buyer beware and hung up, freaker. So my buddy and I loaded it back in my truck and drove back to his house. I backed up on his front lawn, and we got out and heaved that thing on its spindles on the front veranda. It broke a couple of them and landed in the flower garden. Jerkface came storming out of his house and started yelling at me that he sold it fair and square. I stood there until he stopped and simply said, seller beware. Best part was peeling off of his lawn with my rear wheel drive truck and screwing up his grass. Didn't get my money back but I got my money's worth. I don't know if the police in this situation would ever actually hold that seller accountable, but I love this story for the fact that, despite OP going and totally messing with their crap, leaving them with damage both to the lawn and the front veranda, they don't really have much of a leg to stand on unless they want to go to the cops and basically say, hey, I scammed this guy out of X amount of dollars that I still have. Take your chances with the cops or deal with the dump OP took on your front yard. 
This next story is, Tesco manager mistook me for an employee. About 14 years ago, when Reliance Security provided security for Tesco stores, I also worked for Reliance but was based at the airport. One morning after a 12-hour night shift, I decided to go into a Tesco store I passed on the way home and get a sandwich. I had my work uniform on, but I was wearing a gray jacket on top, so people would know I'm not on duty. So I go into the store and pick up a basket and headed to the sandwich counter and I'm browsing the selection and I hear someone say, excuse me, but not expecting anyone to be talking to me, I carry on looking for my desired sandwich. Then suddenly the basket is slapped out of my hand and there's this snarling man's face less than an inch from mine and he says, I'm not paying you to shop, get to the front of the store right now. So I'm tired and very confused and can only muster the reply, what? He said, I told you to get to the front doors. We've been open for customers for the last 30 minutes and you've not been at your position once. And now I find you buying snacks? That's when the penny dropped and I simply replied, I know the store is open to customers. I am one. I work for the same company who provides security, but I'm not your guard. With those words ringing in his ears, all the color in his face drained away when he realized what he had just done to a customer. Suddenly he became completely apologetic and said if there was anything he could do for me, he would gladly help. I informed him that I would like help carrying my basket around the store as I was tired from a long night shift. And he replied that he would get someone to help me immediately and I then told him I didn't want someone else to carry my basket, I wanted him to carry it. So I originally only intended on buying a sandwich. But to teach this guy a lesson, I spent 30 minutes in the store and went in every aisle. I appreciate how petty OP was and how far they went with it. I know if I was in this situation, I would just want the situation to be over and I would be on my way as fast as possible. Although, who knows, maybe I'd be feeling a little different too if I got a little flared up and angry from this guy yelling at me. Our next story is, I hope I ruin someone's video. Last night, I was at a Halloween themed event parade and enjoying myself. We had a front row seat to a very long parade and got there extremely early. I'm very short so this was important to me to be able to see. The parade starts and it's all fun. Then a woman from behind the crowd shoved me and went in front of me, off the sidewalk, and started filming the parade, completely blocking my view. She would scream at the parade people to make them wave at her, and I missed about a quarter of the show because of her. I'm really really shy in life and usually not that angry, but the two hour long wait boiled my anger and I started thinking about how I could ruin her video. I started yelling swear words with sexual nature and she didn't notice at first until I yelled, lady with blonde hair in front of me just said she likes weird kinks. She turned around and told me, seriously, I'm filming here. I replied, go to another spot because I won't stop. She started to yell but the parade security came to tell her to go back on the sidewalk. No one was letting her back on the sidewalk where I was. I hope my voice comes through on most of her videos and she can't show them to anyone. I'm a bit proud for standing up for myself for once. I'm also glad there were no kids around me, just teens. I did check before I did it. Let's be real, this person filming this Halloween event parade probably isn't even going to watch it back themselves, let alone have anybody to show it to. I don't know if it makes me seem uncaring, but like if I'm talking to a relative and they say, hey, want to see this video of this Halloween parade I took? I might say yes to entertain them, but I probably wouldn't really care. It's like watching somebody film a 4th of July fireworks show. It's just kind of, I don't know, meh. 
I'd like it if I was in person. I mean, who wants to spend 10 to 15 minutes or longer just watching some festive things very slowly move by on a road? With some shaky filming, some iffy audio, I doubt anybody's gonna watch that. This next story is Weird Girl Gets Perfect Vengeance. I was made fun of, often, in school. I moved to my district in 6th grade, and all the way through senior year, I was hardcore bullied. Not just by only girls, but guys bullied me too. For some reason, it hurt more when girls did it. Not gonna lie, they probably had some pretty good reasons. I've always had ASD and was diagnosed as burgers when I was 9. Needless to say, I might have been a little strange. Okay, I was totally a freak, but that's besides the point. Four years into relentless bullying, we did frog dissections in biology, and we had an extra credit session over lunch, where we could opt to take the brain out. Extra credit to anyone who got it out whole. Well, I got bored during the dissection. My frog was already finished, and I'd been going to other tables and cutting theirs for them too. Like I said, I was weird. So, in my boredom, I stabbed my frog in the eye, and a tiny little ball popped out. It looked like a ball of silica or something. Intrigued, I ran all over the class, taking out the eyeballs of every frog there. Then my weird butt was carrying them around, inspecting them and playing with them. So after lunch, we have ninth grade gym, which was swimming. My monthly friend was in town, so I was out of the pool that day. So I'm sitting by the pool, minding my own business, playing with these frog eyeballs, and some girl in the pool's like, Hey OP, what's in your hand? And the other girls start answering. Dude, she took all the eyes from the frogs in bio. Ew, what a freak. Like, seriously, why aren't you in a psych hospital, psycho? Hey, OP, you're freaking weird. Etc. So I'm sitting there with my handful of eyeballs stolen from science frogs, and in my greatest comeback ever, I say, I may be weird, but I'm not swimming with frog eyes. These girls are apparently kind of slow, so they're all like, Um, what? My hand comes up and I let loose the eyeballs of no less than 34 frogs straight into the pool. Now, I want you to imagine this. Pool full of 14-year-old girls who are pretty prissy princess types. Their eyes watch as whatever's in my hand flies into the air, and the tiny frog eyes drop into the pool scattered like raindrops. A second passes. Instant pandemonium. Girls screaming and swimming as fast as they can to the pool edge. Girls pulling other girls' hair and bathing suits trying to get out before them. Girls crying, pulling out flip phones to call their parents. Girls dry heaving at the edge of the pool. You get the picture? It was such a scene that even the boys' gym teachers and the health teachers came running. I was sent to the principal. I'm pretty sure I got a detention for that. But still, to this day, that scene is one of my favorite and most hilarious memories. I wish I would have recorded it, but recording sucked in 1997, unless you had an actual camcorder. What do you think? Did I go too far? Heck no. Those witches deserved it. Honestly, why does this sound like a scrapped scene from an Adams Family movie? I'm not gonna lie though, the frog eyes thing kind of horrifies me and I would also be rushing to get out of that pool. I had to dissect pigs in my science class in high school one time. I made one small incision, felt the skin tear with the scalpel, and quit, didn't do anything else. Our next story is accuse me of sexual assault, have fun getting kicked out of two universities. The story is several years old and has a lot of details I'm going to leave out to save time. I had a friend in college I met at the end of my freshman year, I'll call her Jane for the sake of this story. We were both 19 at the time. We started talking over the summer between freshman and sophomore year and became quick friends. 
I'd pulled her into my friend group, and she became one of my small group of outcasts I had at college. Overall, things weren't great, but I thought we could work on it. We both had toxic behaviors from neglectful homes to work through. Also of note is that I had a girlfriend that I'd known since high school and had been together with since college had started. This is relevant because Jane had developed a pretty massive crush on me. I knew about it but ignored it, figuring it would go away if I just didn't lean into anything. She was my friend and I didn't want anything more. I loved my girlfriend. Jane suffered from a neurological disorder I still don't understand, but it basically caused her to have seizures when she was stressed. The grand mall kind where she would drop to the ground and convulse for several minutes. She couldn't always tell when these would happen, so I thought an emotional support animal might do her some good, because she loved dogs. We went to an animal shelter to see if she clicked with any, and she found a dog that we'll call Max. I put all of Max's adoption information under my name because I was already in their system and we went home with a beautiful, well-behaved dog. She was the perfect fit, big enough to support Jane on the floor and provide deep pressure therapy as needed but small enough for a dorm room, which she had to be because Jane had been kicked out of her house when her parents found out she was a lesbian. I figured we could get Jane settled into her dorm and start paperwork for Max's ESA clearance for school. Max had started picking up on warning signs and alerting before Jane was seized, and it all seemed to be going well. Only, Jane had started lying about where we got the dog and her qualifications, small stuff at first, and then rapidly getting bigger and bigger, stuff that shouldn't be lied about. At one point, she had claimed epilepsy, saying that she got Max from an organization that provided service dogs for underprivileged and disabled adults, both of which were false. Max wasn't a service dog. Besides, she was an ESA, which is a massive difference. I confronted her about it and told her to stop, and she promised me she would, but she didn't. It got to the point where I found out that she had never been kicked out of her house. Her parents knew she was gay and didn't care. She chose to leave and lied to us and the university for emergency housing. She had joined a service fraternity, and I found out that she had been lying to everyone there too. I couldn't take it anymore and decided to distance myself from her at the start of my junior year of college. Somehow the university found out that she was being shady and rather than face consequences, Jane left and started at a nearby university. I didn't think anything of it and stopped talking to her completely. Two months later, I get a call from a friend Jane had made at her new school, basically saying that she was sorry to believe everything Jane said, that Jane's a pathological liar, and that I need to be careful because Jane was spreading some pretty serious accusations about me. It took a little pressure, but I found out that Jane was saying my girlfriend and I had been in a relationship with her, but kicked her out after SAing her because she was too clingy. That's apparently when this friend realized Jane was full of crap because I'm pretty vocal about being asexual and sexed repulsed. Not to mention, I'm literally not that type. I was naturally pissed that Jane was trying to do such horrible things, so I called the head of her old fraternity and told them everything I knew about Jane and everything she had lied about, including Max's qualifications and her need for housing. Apparently they knew she was lying, but didn't have any evidence to bring it up to the university until then. The university I went to told the university Jane was attending, and she was subsequently barred from both schools with no promise of transferable credits on terms of fraud. I called her after the ruling and told her to keep my name out of her mouth, or getting kicked out of school would be the least of her worries. Haven't heard from her since.
Considering how awful this person is, I just hope that they take good care of that dog. And also, I'm glad that they couldn't keep falling upward like they've been managing to. This next story is, where do you want it? My wife bought a chase lounge from the marketplace, borrows my truck to go get it. The woman who sold it to her gave her the legs, but said not to put them on until it's inside our house because it won't fit through the door with them on. We go to assemble it and the holes that the legs screw into are completely stripped and broken. The woman blocks my wife, so I drove back with the furniture after looking up her house via public tax records. I back into the driveway and begin placing the chair on the ground. She comes angrily out yelling no returns. The argument leads to her agreeing to refund me as long as I help her by carrying it into her garage. I agree, but then she throws $50 at my feet, muttering something about being a cheap son of a witch. I got my money up off the ground, drove out of the driveway about 80 feet long with the furniture. I dropped the couch as far from her house as possible and blocked anyone else from pulling into the driveway. I can still hear her screaming and love the part where she threw her flip-flop at my truck as I sped off. See, I don't understand what they're expecting here. If somebody comes to your house and picks something up using a truck and the item ended up being totally defective, what do you think is going to happen? Are they not just going to come right back to your house? These kinds of people are lucky that these things don't just go right back through their window or something. Probably because the people who buy these things are actual honest people, unlike the sellers. Our next story is drunk on I-4. I have so many tales. This one happened in the Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Late 1980s, I was working at a branch office for auto tag registrations in Florida. One morning on my way to work, I hear a radio report of an early AM traffic accident. A drunk in a car hit a semi. As is usual, drunk was unhurt but arrested. Semi driver was in the hospital and truck demolished. Interstate I-4 was still closed heading south. Drunk was identified as my black sheep maternal uncle C, 55 years old. I couldn't wait to get a phone to call mom. So midday, I'm working at the counter, and who walks in but my uncle. Never knew who bailed him out, but he still reeked of alcohol. He was so blotto he didn't recognize me. 
He wanted to renew a tag for a car he hadn't, supposedly, driven for years. Said he had an accident in his new car. Duh. So I issued him the tag, and as he left said, Drive safe, Uncle C. He flinched, but just left. Then I waited long enough for him to put the tag on. Yes, he drove there with an expired tag, go figure, and drive off. Then I called 911 and reported a suspected drunk driver and provided all the lovely details from our copy of the tag registration. Found out he was stopped and re-arrested but couldn't bail out that time. I'd like to say I did it as a civic duty, but it was really because he had spent years screwing family, especially my grandma, his mom. Honestly, just in general, for a serial drunk driver like this, family or not, it was probably the right thing to do, just on the off chance that you might have saved a life there. At the least, maybe his. This next story is make me smell your cigs and I'll just make sure you never sleep well. So my apartment complex has a no smoking within like 50 feet of the building rule and it usually followed pretty well. My downstairs neighbors have decided that they can bother with that tiny amount and have to smoke on their balcony. So anyone near them can't have a window or anything open without the smell filling their apartment. I've asked them three times now to not do this, or at the least if they need nicotine in their place, just vape so it doesn't smell like crap. They've decided they can't handle that and the apartment managers can't do anything without the actual apartment smelling like smoke. So for the revenge, I've decided that every night starting at 9pm, every 30 minutes I'll be going over to where their bedroom is and just start jumping and slamming my feet as hard as I can into the ground, making sure they will never get a good night's sleep again while living here. I've also checked the apartment rules and while there is quiet hours, it only pertains to things like music, TV and parties, but doesn't matter for just movement, aka I'll be doing this until these people leave. I hope OP the best of luck on this because honestly, if they're downstairs in their bedroom and they pull their phone out and record this sound of just constant thumping, I mean, I don't know. These apartment managers don't sound like they're really going to do much regardless, but who knows, they might try to enforce something on OP. All I know is, cigarette smoke and apartments just don't mix in 2022. Our next story is, park in front of my driveway, will you? Yesterday afternoon, I walked out of my house to go to my car to run some errands. To my surprise, there was a car I had never seen before parked in front of my driveway. It was blocking about 80% of it, no way to get past it. I live in an area with abundant street parking. There were dozens of other spots on the block where they could have legitimately parked. Thankfully, it was only my wife's car in the driveway and mine was parked on the street, but it's the principle of the thing, darn it. I looked up and down the block, waited a few minutes, but no sign of a possible owner of the car. I still had my errands to run and didn't want to wait anymore, but again, it's the principle of the thing, and I felt like I had to do something. Cue the petty revenge. I proceeded to remove and pocket the tire air caps from all four of their tires. That'll show them when they need to spend a couple of dollars replacing them. Not gonna lie though, I've been in a situation before where you go to air up your tires and one of the tire caps will be missing and you're like, oh god, what did I, did I leave it off one time? It's honestly extremely annoying, so although it's very, very petty, it's a great annoyance revenge. This next story is my groupmate's weakness. I once had a friend, our friendship lasted 4 years and he was also a groupmate of mine on a big project. On that project, our teacher asked us to collaborate. We planned to work at his apartment because he doesn't want to do it at my house. 
His mother used to live with him, and before she decided to buy a new house, his apartment was neat, clean, and smelled good. He did not, however, accompany her because he desired to be alone with a cat. Naturally, his mother agreed because she enjoys spoiling him. I finally got to see his apartment, where I used to help him with assignments and study with him, after being locked up for two years because of the pandemic. He was embarrassed to have a dirty apartment at first. It wasn't until my fourth visit that he realized that our school project was due next month. As soon as I opened the door, I could smell his cat's urine and saw his entire apartment was littered with trash, clothes covered in cat poop. I thought he was depressed, so I didn't bother to say anything. His apartment remains like a dump. Two days later, I informed him that animal feces is harmful to both his health and the cat, and that I couldn't take it any longer. He then said, oh, I thought you wouldn't mind because you didn't judge me before for having a messy room. I said, yes, I did because I thought he might be depressed, but he became enraged and started shouting, why don't you clean it? Let's be fair, you almost seem to live here because you visit so frequently. How about I'll work on half of the project and you do housework? I was offended, but I didn't mind in the least because it could be that he was having a hard time. I started helping him by cleaning his apartment because I was worried about his health, his cat, and most importantly, his mental health. Because I was given a diagnosis of depression and anxiety. I understand how it feels and it sucks. Not until the project's due date, which is next week. His house is like that every time I visit. The floor was covered in animal feces dirty dishes, clothes, and trash everywhere, and I would also clean after his mess. When I asked him to show me his work for our project on my third and fourth clean, he would always reply, I'll only show you if you're finished. And I would start to doubt him because I didn't see him working on it, and instead was only playing online games. We were supposed to eat lunch together at that time, but he refused to eat the neighbor's food and threw it at the neighbor's door out of resentment. His mother hired the neighbor to cook for him because he doesn't know how to cook that much and would just order unhealthy food online. I understand how his mother feels and she was worried about his health. I was so done that I got mad and told him to just give me his work for our project. When the jerk handed it over, you could clearly see that he had just copied and pasted it from the internet without making much of an effort. I was furious, but I kept my cool and simply left his apartment. To be honest, I'm not sure if this qualifies as revenge, but I needed to get his act together. So I started contacting my best friend, who was his crush, and asked for help with our project. After that, she asked where we should meet, and after waiting for three days, I finally asked her to meet at the address I gave her. We knocked, he opened the door in a state of panic, because I knew from the beginning that she was his weakness. He was about to ask us politely that we should wait outside, but it was too late. He had no choice. He let us in, and nothing in his apartment changed. He started cleaning and assisting us with the project out of embarrassment. I've been friends with my best friend for so many years, I can literally say what she's thinking like we're talking to each other through telepathy. This is a complete turnoff for my best friend. I already warned her about him because he's a big red flag. I don't want to talk about everything about him, but he's definitely a big red flag. Well, if he changed for the better, I might help him again, but he doesn't even listen to any of us. He then asked his mother for a maid that'll work for him. I was relieved. I can now work on our school project without worrying about a bad smell and a dirty workspace. Then the jerk began yelling at the maid only because of a small mistake. 
I didn't want to get involved until he started talking negatively about her, cursing and wishing that she would be jobless for the rest of her life. I joined, and there, I confronted him. I called my best friend once again after I got home. I needed her help. He was so kind to his maid after the second time I brought my best friend to his apartment. He wasn't a brat. He asked me why I was laughing, to which I replied sarcastically, What did you eat that you stopped yelling at your maid? I could hear the maid laughing as she washes the dishes. He became enraged and felt embarrassed. My friend glared at him for a very long time after understanding what I was saying. He started texting me when I got home, swore things at me until I died and asked me not to come to his apartment anymore. Because of my best friend that had confronted, blocked and dumped him. He blamed me for ruining his love life. Heck yes indeed, I agreed. Well, I'd had enough of him anyway, and I just waited till we finished our school project so I could mess with him. We did well on our school project. Well, thanks to my best friend's presence. Without her, we would have failed. After the task, he requested to swap partners. I didn't have any problem with it. I'm even happy with his choice. Good luck to his new partner. In my opinion, I think OP sounds clearly like a good friend. They were sticking their neck out there and trying to help out where they could. This person just sounds like a bit of a lost cause. That said, our final story of the day is order me to clean up your mess. I'll get your boss to see how badly you treat your staff. One day, I was working on the till and doing just fine. It was a good day as Snappy wasn't around, so I only had one butt hat to deal with that shift. It was a slow day and I'd been using Snappy's till credentials to let her see the true reflection of a normal swipe rate see my previous revenge, and when I didn't have any customers waiting to be served, I made sure all the bits around the till were organized, clean, and looking good. The only big job around the till to keep clean and tidy was the medicine cabinet. It's a locked cabinet just below the till with medicines we advertised, but customers couldn't just pick up off the shelves as they were quite pricey, and we needed to advise them on the dosage, etc. But I took 30 minutes or so to clean the darn thing, making sure all the flea treatments were on one side, the calming remedies were on the other, and so on. There wasn't really enough space for everything, but I made it work so when anyone looked in the cabinet, they would be able to see every single label or the front of a box to determine where anything is. I was a little proud of my work. The next thing I know, Messi came into the till area, on the phone with a customer I assumed, and went into the medicine cabinet. Now, Messi was not a lean guy. He was big, with huge arms, probably through lack of a proper diet and too many takeaways. And this cabinet was small, so I had a feeling I knew what he was going to do to find the product the customer was obviously asking for, and got my pet pad out. Oh yeah, all of us worker bees had iPads called pet pads, which we would use for taking online orders, writing notes, checking off to-dos, etc. But there was also a camera function, which I decided to utilize that day. I got my pet pad out and set it to record video. Messi proceeded to put his left arm as far as he could on the inside of the cabinet and swipe to the right and then forwarded to bring out every darn product in there. He hadn't even tried looking first like a normal person would. He just went full one-year-old on the beautifully organized cabinet I'd just finished cleaning. I got it all on camera. And when he got off the call, having told the customer we don't have whatever they wanted in stock at the moment, he got up and told me to clean up the cabinet. I left the pet pad on record, although I didn't point the camera at him, I just needed the audio for this part. 
and told him I'd finished cleaning the cabinet not five minutes before he came and swept everything out before even attempting to search inside. He said he didn't care and ordered me to clean it, even pointing at the mess all over the till floor area. I then stopped recording on the pet pad, smiled and said thank you, and to hold the tills down for a second as I walked off towards the back of the store. I went into the office where Doormat was sitting doing something on the computer. I showed him the video and told him I wanted to make a formal complaint about Messi and I wanted that video to be included. Doormat did let the other managers run amok and walk all over him, but that recording must have taken the cake for him. He wrote up the complaint, downloaded the video, even let me take a copy for myself because I didn't trust it wouldn't get deleted and filed it to the head office. I got the rest of the shift on the tills in peace as Doormat hauled Messi's butt inside and, from what I'd heard from the other worker bees, took him down a couple pegs. After seeing my complaint at head office, the big bad boss man above the managers, mentioned in the previous revenge for that store, visited us in person and chewed out Messi in front of the entire staff for 20 minutes, lectured the managers on how we treated each other as a staff family and how conduct like that proceeds to show the whole staff the video I recorded will not be tolerated. I've never been so vindicated in my life. I got many pats on the back from the worker bees after that meeting and let me tell you, Messi and Snappy always watched where my hands were going every time they pulled their daily BS around me to make sure I wasn't reaching for my pet pad. Honestly, this is like the equivalent of giving your workers body cams. And honestly, it's great that there's a situation where these pet pads really helped that weren't necessarily for productivity of the store, but just to expose somebody for being a terrible coworker or from the sounds of things, a manager. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 